Hi everyone, welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord, it's good to be here. It's 2023, so here we are. But praise the Lord, we're here for a reason. I'm here today to talk to you about what it means to be a watchman. And before I do that, of course, I'm going to pray. Because after all, as watchmen, we're always watching for the Lord. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. And, Lord, I give myself over to you for the purpose of our Father's will. That you will speak through me. That they will hear your voice. And that, Lord, you speak into my heart the things that you want me to speak. I don't come with a script. I'm moved by your spirit. I will ask you for nothing else. Yes, Lord God, I believe that you want me to speak to the people about what it really means to be a watchman. And it's you that I follow and you that I lean upon. So, Lord, I pray that you would open up the ears of those, Lord God, that you want to hear this message. You open up the eyes of them that you want them to see clearer and more brighter, like the clear shinings after the rain. I ask you to be with my mouth no less than you were with the mouth of Moses, for you made men's mouths. And Lord, I know I am weak. I confess to you I am weak, but you are strong. So let the power of God rest upon me. And to all things I give you the glory. And I commit this into your hands. And the moment I'm done speaking, you carry it, Holy Spirit, where you want it to go. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning I rose up and I got myself into a position of prayer. And I'm going to talk to you about being a watchman. And it is, there's something about being a watchman. And I don't, I don't like, I don't do titles. You know, there's, uh, there's just, I don't like titles. It seems like as soon as there's a title, it elevates people to other people that they think they have to become that. So I want no titles. I don't call myself an intercessor. I don't call myself a watchman. But in a sense, but we do make intercession and we are on the watch. And it is my heart's prayer that as you're listening to this and maybe God is calling you to be a watchman of the night. Then I pray that this word be impressed upon you by none other than Jesus Christ himself, by his Holy Spirit. Because it is everything in my heart. You know, I just want to share something with you. And I just really want to say this. You know what is my heart of hearts for all of you? It is such my heart that by all of these videos and these lessons, all I am doing is working with the Lord by virtue of his Holy Spirit. That, to make you ready so you can run your own race and do the very things that you're being called to do and that you do it with an excellent spirit and you do it with resolve and in intelligence and in quietness and in meekness and in humbleness. 
and of course, being completely full of faith, without which we're not going to please God. There's no way we could please him unless we believe him. So this morning I was I was praying and I, all of a sudden I just felt so strong inside of me to like, how do I put it into words? Well, I'll just do my best. You know, this year we're seeing a darkness swiftly descending, not on our just our nation, but on the whole world. And and so I felt so strongly and I thought it had to be the Holy Spirit because I wanted to do a video today and I had some ideas. But it was to me today, here's what I said. I said, Lord, I'm just opening the curtain into my little moment with the Lord. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? I could give a lesson, but anybody can give a lesson. But Lord, we're in the time right now. Lord, where people are hearing different, they're seeing different. They're a different kind of people. I can talk about when you made water, uh, uh, wine out of water. I can talk about all those things and I will. I'll never stop talking about those things. But there's something happening right now inside of me. I know it has to be Jesus Christ moving in me by his spirit and our father. See, we're moving now in a time that we're in this generation. I'm, I'm thinking about David. I, I'm always in the word. I'm, my mind is always thinking about, I mean, I'm in the word every day. But when I go on into my day and I'm doing my daily duties and I'm doing my things, oh, I'm thinking about the Lord. I'm remembering what I read. Not to mention my mind is always open and my heart is always wide open to receive anything, any influence from the Lord while I work and do the things that I have to do. I have duties. And so I said to the Lord, I said, and I was responding to him and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Because you see, when David was alive, he was alive in his generation and so forth and so on and all these different people and all those that we have loved in antiquity and have gone home to be with the lord they were alive in their generation but what are we supposed to be i mean come on let's just be let's just be realistic now what i'm about to say doesn't denigrate bible study we're going to be studying the bible for all eternity and i'm excited about that but just just put that on pause for a moment what kind of people, what kind of person do you want to be during this time? Because we are at the end. I, I have this mental vision of like, and I'm not saying it's from the Lord. It's just my own self and what I'm thinking of myself looking in all these play, churches of the United States. Looking at all those that call themselves Christians or people who identify themselves with Jesus Christ. And there needs to be, and I think, Lord, are these people really realizing what is coming down hard, swift, and fast upon this nation and this world? But this nation, 
because this nation, many refer to it as Mystery Babylon, probably right. I'm not going to go there. But all these different places where the Mystery Babylon queen says, I sit as a queen and I am no widow. And the response is, oh, but you will be a widow and your children are going to be orphans. You see, because what I'm seeing, you're seeing. And you know what I believe? Everybody else is seeing it too. But are we so ingrained in a structured, structural model of Christianity that we cannot go outside of it because it'll scare other people? Is God stirring something in you that you're saying, if I do this, then I'm going to lose a lot of friends. I'm going to be yelled at, mocked, told I'm a fanatic. I praise the Lord I'm a fanatic. Because you know why? Jesus says that they that are born of the Spirit are led by the Spirit. The Spirit is like the wind. You know, you have to be willing. Are you willing to go further with the Lord? I'm here today to ask you that question. Or are you just going to sit in church every Sunday and sing songs and clap and let the pastor feed you and you never feed your own self? And then you never go any further than what he says. Now, I'm not putting down your pastor. I'm sure your pastor is a lovely man. And this is not about anything else, but we're a different people. We're in a different time right now. We're at the end. And so there are so many people right now that I'm writing to me. I'm just talking to that are close to me and we're all independent because there's something about an independent believer. You know, of course, everybody likes to, you know, people like to throw that term around. Well, you're forsaking the assembly. We're not forsaking anything. On the contrary, we're embracing Christ even stronger, more richer, deeper. We've abandoned ourselves for Christ. And we broke out of a system and a box. I did. I did. And I'm happy in the Lord. And, you know, with watchmen, people on the lookout, they don't ask to do that. Okay? Something begins. He starts to churn you up. There's something that starts to happen from within. And it gener gen uh, uh, generally... It starts to slowly remove you from the Christian crowd, always having to be in a crowd, always having to be with other people. God's looking for people who will stand with him, but there's people he's looking for to watch with him. Remember what he said to Peter. Remember in the garden in, the, in Gethsemane, he went to Peter and they were all sleeping. He said, what can't you not watch? He didn't say watch for me. He said, what can you not watch with me? He said, the spirit is truly willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, there, there is a charge. There is a command from Christ to, for some people to be on the lookout, to get up in the morning while everybody's sleeping. And I'm talking early in the morning. See, what I'm saying to you right now 
is God is really speaking to my heart strongly. I know it. I'm going to read from this scripture, this scripture. I had all these scriptures coming to my mind because you see for all these years of my life, many, many years of my life that I don't mind saying, and it's not a brag. I shouldn't even have to say that to any of you. Many of you know me well by now, but many of you are just like me. When I was a young woman, I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning. And then as I got older, I was getting up at three o'clock in the morning. And then a year ago, two years ago, I was getting up at two o'clock in the morning. I'm getting up now at one o'clock in the morning. I go to bed so early. People are like, I can't believe you go to bed that early. It's like, I have an appointment to keep. I go to bed because I need to sleep so I can be there at one o'clock in the morning or at one thirty in the morning. See, that is my commitment to Christ. But I don't even credit my own self. He put that in me. And many of you are like me. I know you. I know some of you. I know what you do. You've told me that you also get up at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, and you do it faithfully every day. Not because you're like, I better get up. It's like you're spring loaded. See, that's the difference. There's a scripture. I'm going to give you some scriptures and I'm going to speak about some things here. And the Lord give you understanding and me, his spirit in the presentation of this. In Isaiah 21, verse 11, it says, it's called the, it's the shortest, um, it's the shortest chapter, I believe, in the book of Isaiah, who was also referred to as a watchman, okay? And it's, called the burden of Duma. And there's different burdens like the burden of the burden of Duma, the burden of the sea and the burden of Jerusalem and the burden of this and that. There's all these different burdens. And so this one's small, but I'm not going to get into what is very much what the historic historicity of it is, but I'm going to use it for what I'm trying to say and speak to you today. So you will grab a hold of it and you run with this message for yourself that you will serve the Lord as one of his watchmen it says watchman what of the night watchman what of the night the watchman said the morning comes and also the night watchman what of the night is the desperate cry for help which was heard in the times of isaiah the prophet israel had just witnessed the rise of the assyrian empire one of the most ruthless empires in recorded history. Their influence rapidly spread through the entire ancient world and was even at Israel's doorstep. In this time of trouble, when violence and lawlessness increased, the desperate cry to the watchman became, what about this increasing darkness in our world? What is happening to us? Watchmen, what do you, do you have an answer for us? Notice watchmen are always singular. There's something God puts in them to stay awake at night. There is a certain sensitivity in them that he gives to those on the lookout. And it's notable and I know what it is. I experience it even when I'm wide awake, because even though I'm doing this and I'm doing that and going here and going there, I'm there's a sensitivity in the spirit and a spiritual receptivity 
and I'm watching, I'm looking around. So this cry for help and clarity is also heard today. And as we enter and are now entering into the year 2023, dark clouds are everywhere in the United States and all over the world, even in our own homes. However, what is far more intriguing is a brief answer offered by Isaiah's watchman. The morning comes and also the night. And so this surprising response was contrary to natural laws or any human experience. Never did the night and the morning arrive at the same time. So taken metaphorically, we're speaking about a time of tribulation that we're entering into. And a time that Isaiah and Israel, that they were entering into a time of great tribulation. So they're asking the prophet what he has to say concerning the night of calamity, which he has so long and often threatened and warned them about. And yet they kept seeing no appearance of it. Or the night being the proper and chief time in which the watchman's care is most necessary. Because then their enemies had the best opportunity to do them most harm. And how far is the night spent is the concern. O oh, watchman, what of the night? O oh, watchman, what of the night? See, back in those days, the people were supposed to come to him very early in the morning to inquire what had happened in the night, which shows a state of great perplexity and fear, which might well be called a burden, both because fear in itself is a great torment and because this fear was a sign of impending future doom and their approaching miseries and the re repetition of what of the night what of the night are of this you know saying those same words shows the greatness of their anxiousness and fear and the word watchman here in this chapter there's two different ways that uh, it's said so in the word the word watchman means guardian in verse 11 but in verse 6 it's one who is on the lookout and that verse 21 6 says for thus hath the lord said unto me go set a watchman and let him declare what he seeth now let me stop here because in my devotions this morning and as i, I stopped reading my bible and i felt and i heard this scripture in my mind Son of man, what do you see? What do you see? You see, I'm talking about a distinct calling. God is asking me, maybe he's asking you, what do you see? What, what do you literally see around you? Because you see David during his day, Samuel during his day, Noah during his day, and all the people read, we read about during their day and so forth through the millennia. What are they seeing? What are you seeing? And as I sat there, I thought, what am I seeing? YouTube won't allow me to say it. But I see, I see it. And something in me said, 
I don't feel today like giving a Bible study. I feel today to give a charge. Maybe you giving a charge through me. I don't give a charge. Christ gives a charge. I'm only a vessel. But something in me is strong and saying, what do I see, Lord? I see a gross darkness that is upon this nation. I see this. I see that. I see this. And I say, Lord, and I know you hear the cries of the little ones. And you know the little ones of what I mean. I know, Lord God, you heard the cries of the oppressed, of the Israelites under hard bondage and the iron smelting furnace of Egypt. And you said, I came down because the cries of oppression have come up to me. And you, and Lord, the Lord said, I came down to see it for myself. And doesn't it come down to that? I mean, even in your prayer life, are we going to be on a merry-go-round of prayer where we're like, I pray for this, I pray for that, and we never, ever venture a footstep out, a tippy-toe outside of our box? It's none of my business how you pray or what you pray. You're not even supposed to answer to me. Don't think you have to answer to me. I'm nobody. I'm just your sister in the Lord. But I'm, I'm trying to uh, shine this light on you because so many of you say, Lord, use me. I want more, Lord. Use me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. But I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't have a prayer life, it's going to be very hard to be you, God to use you. If you're not in your Bible, it's going to be very difficult for the Holy Spirit to have workability with his own word within you. Maybe some of you are saying, well, this is for mature people. No, it isn't. Because I can say this from my own memory. When I was a young girl, I was getting dreams and visions that were too heavy for me. I didn't know what it meant. No one told me what it meant. You know what they say? You're being too spiritual, Joni. And the more I prayed that God would remove them, the more I was seeing things happen in places I'd never been, like in the Middle East, things that were happening. And at one point, I had to bow the knee and say, Lord, thy will be done. He gave me a two-year reprieve. And with people that he is calling into watching and making intercession and warfaring. See, it's not just about, I'm going to make intercession. Because you know why? You got to get really quiet with the Lord. And I mean, you, Jesus even says, learn of me. For I am meek. I am, he's quiet, he's meek, he's lowly. You don't concern yourself. It says, even in the word in the word in first John chapter two, verse three, it says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, but ever liveth to please him who've chosen him to be a soldier. Now it does say, He that warreth does not entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. That's right, we don't entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life, but we see the affairs of this life. And you know what else? Watchmen, they know the word. You know why? Because they are watching what's happening, not because they're being entertained by the filth and the gross, disgusting sinfulness of this perishing world. It's because they're gauging the coming of the Lord. They're gauging what is happening moment by moment. And you know what? When you wake up, when people like myself, 
wake up in one o'clock, I'm like, I'm spring loaded. I know people just like me, they go, bam, they're up in the morning. I mean, I'm older now. I'm not as swift on my feet as I used to be, but I'll tell you something though. My outward man perishes. My inward man is being renewed day by day because it's getting ready to go to be in heaven with Christ. But until that day, there is a strength he puts in everybody that supersedes the weakness of the body. And so, like Jesus said, what, can't you not watch with me, Peter, one hour? Do you want Jesus to say that to you? I don't want Jesus to say that. We're not watching for Christ. We're watching with Christ. It's no different. And so what do we do? We do what Paul said. I, I beat my body. I keep it under. Our soul, our spirit man is controlling what is happening outward. We live from inward to the outward. That's where we hear the Lord in quietness. You know, there's a scripture I have lived by. It's Psalm 5, uh, Song of Solomon 5.2. It says, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with the dew and my locks with the drops of the night. You see, a conditioned watchman, not a title. I'm using that term for people who get up in the middle of the night. You're sleeping. Our body has to sleep. We're tired. But I'll tell you something. Our soul man and our spirit are wide awake. Because you know why? It says, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It's the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, open to me. And you see, it's reciprocal because if we get up and we open the door and Jesus says, I am the door. He that cometh to me will be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The watchmen are not interested in what's happening with sports, not happening with what's happened in Hollywood. They're very interestingly, and I don't even make myself, I see people probably far more advanced than me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We love those that are awake in the night. I look at Song of Solomon 3, 1 through 8, and this is such a perfect example. It says, by night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city and the streets and in the broadways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me to whom I said, saw ye him whom my soul loveth? It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. Notice there's a group of watchmen, but this person says, I'm going alone. I'm going to go get him. Because you know why? The love of Christ drives you on. You're, I have to have him. You don't understand. There's another place where she says, the watchmen tore my veil off of me. They beat me. You know, there's going to be other people, other kinds of watchmen that go, beat it, get out of here. Go back, go back to your little corner in your bedroom. But there's something valiant 
something powerful, something strong about a person who says, where is he whom my soul loveth? Have you seen him? They didn't even see him. She said she had to pass by them. They didn't have anything to say to her. She said, I passed by them. And then she found him. Because the Lord says, those who seek me early shall find me. There's a blessing for those who hear him. Blessed is the man that heareth me. Watching daily at my gate. Waiting daily at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me, findeth life. And shall obtain favor of the Lord. Notice she said, look, I'm bringing him home to my mom's house. And to the chamber of her that conceived me. I charge ye, charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that you stir not up nor awake my love till he please. And then she says, who is this that cometh out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke perfumed with myrrh and frankincense and with all the powders of the merchants? She sees him coming. Who is this? She smells him coming before she recognizes who it is. Then she says, behold, his, she says, behold his bed, which is Solomon's. Three score valiant men are about it, the valiant of Israel. They all hold swords, being expert in war. Every man hath his sword upon his thigh because of fear in the night. You know, listen to this. King Solomon is sleeping, but his valiant men, those 60 men, are surrounding his bed. And they're not sleeping. They're standing guard. They're on the lookout through the night. They all hold swords, being expert in war. And those that are expert in war, they have a different conditioning. They have a different psyche, if you will. They're shaped a different way spiritually. They don't sleep. They'll be like the woman of Song of Solomon that say, I sleep, but my heart awaketh. It's a voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, open unto me, my love, my dove, my sister, my undefiled. For I come in the night. And you know, when I think about these three score valiant men about the bed of Solomon's, who are the valiant of Israel, does Christ have any valiant men of the New Testament and women? I believe he does. Maybe that's you. And it says, every man has his sword upon his thigh, and the thigh represents strength because of fear in the night. Because, see, watchmen understand what's out there they're watching they're guarding they're looking and not for themselves but for their king for the people that is a heart that god gives watchmen it says in psalm 131 out of the depths have i cried unto thee o lord Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ear be attentive to the voice of my supplications. And it says, uh, if thou, O Lord, shouldest mark iniquities. He talks about his sin, but I want to jump down to here. He says, my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. Yea, I say more than they that watch for the morning because there's four watches of the night. And that last watch of the night is from 3 to 6 a.m. 
And that was the hardest time of the night. It was the coldest. It was the loneliest. It was the longest. It was the most exhausting. And so they waited for that light to come. They were waiting. They were allowed to leave at six o'clock when that light was coming up over the eastern horizon. You know, so when I think of what it says here, when it says in Isaiah 21, watchmen, watchmen, what of the night? What of the night? The morning comes and also the night. And, but I think now I look down here in Romans 13, 12, the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. See, it's time now to put on that armor of light. And, you know, I believe this and maybe this will go nowhere and fall on no hearts, soil of prepared, uh, hearts of soil prepared. But one thing I do know, I'm watching. I'm watching because the Lord put it in my heart to watch. The Lord gave me a sensibility. It's not a sensibility, but it's a spiritual edge. It's something that cannot even be defined. Many of you know what I mean. But look around you. Because very soon, many households, even now, are wondering, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so what happens is they start becoming terrified and fearful. But Jesus doesn't want us to become fearful. You see, the watchmen of the night, those that are on the lookout, those are the ones that are sensitive. They're sensitive. We're hearing things. We're sensing things. We're getting dreams. The Lord shows me stuff in dreams all the time. I don't share them. They're not meant to be shared. But you know why? Because God always gives us pre preemptive advantage over the enemy and for the things that are coming upon the earth. You think that God is going to let all of us right now slip into some dark crack of the earth and be forgotten about? No way. You know what I believe? That God has a, Jesus has a glorious body. We're his body. You think anything's going to happen to his body? Some people would say, yeah, but Joe, what about all the people in the past? There's a lot of people in the past. What about the martyrs? That was a martyr's era. And by the way, there's more people being martyred today than that, than then. They are a group of people. And yeah, there are martyrs, even as I speak, losing their life because they refuse to deny Jesus Christ. So what I'm trying to say to you, I think you've already understood that maybe you are the only person in your house that you get up at night. Maybe you're starting to sense. I don't know what it is. I feel like I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm not getting out of bed. That's the beginning of it. I sleep, but my heart awaketh. It's the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, come, come, open, open the door, come to me. And when you are feeling that, most likely, it's the Lord. And he's got things for you to do. And I'm going to tell you again, watchmen know prophecy. Now, I know there's different eschatological outcomes. I don't really care. I don't really care. I'm not here to talk about one way or another. But when he says the, mo the uh, morning comes, also the night, I say, well, the night is far spent and the day is at hand. And it does say in the book of Zechariah, chapter 14, it says it will be a day 
unlike any other day, a day where there's neither night nor day, and that is the second coming of Jesus Christ, and we're just as near to that as ever. Now, if you are awake and you're alert, start desiring to go further. Don't hang on every, in other words, be independent, have your own walk, okay? Your pastor is just a man. Your Bible study teacher is just a man. I'm just a woman. You're just listening to me. Anybody that we're, I'm listening to, yeah, of course, I'm taking pieces here and pieces that I'm talking about something specific here because it's going to require you to pray and it's going to require you to pray outside of what you're used to and to understand prophecy and to keep your eyes on the prophecy skyline. Because I fully believe with all my heart, we are absolutely the final generation. But you know what I want for all of us? Yes, it's a personal want. That we will be a stand-up body of Christ. And everyone individually bearing torches in their hands. The torch bearers. You know, the torch bearers were alive during the medieval era. You know, you... the. Waldensians and the Hottentots and the Lollards, the Anabaptists, all these people groups, they were called the torchbearers that made it through the dark ages. And I will say this is a dark age and in its own way, the darkest of them all. Now, I pray that the Lord blesses you, that I pray the Lord uses you and that you will know that you will be given everything that you need to be on the lookout and to answer the call. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, put on your armor of light and have those weapons in your right hand and in the left and make your face shine while you look at the Lord and you become a different person. Jesus Christ will take care of everything else. Leave the consequences up to him. Just answer the call.